bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. I'm starting a new series uh, that I have titled Launch Out. I think it's going to be a five-part series. That's how I've planned it to be. But as happens with these things, uh, sometimes it goes beyond five. Uh, But in my mind and my schedule, it's going to be a five-part series. And so this is part number one. And part one is the subtitle is Into the Deep. Into the Deep. Now, if you would notice, in our declaration, which we make every Sunday, we talk about the Lord of, Har- of the Harvest has commanded us to launch out into the deep. Uh, and so, uh, normally what we have in the declaration become the themes that I preach around throughout uh, the year. So, uh, we've talked about lost and found. Uh, we've talked a bit about gathering, and now we are talking about launching out uh, into the deep. And if you look at the, our artwork uh, for gathering, you would note that there is uh, uh, a fisherman uh, who is gathering in fish. It's all part of our theme for the year. So, launch out, part one, subtitle, into the deep, text, Luke chapter 5. Verses 1 to 4. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. And asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Then he, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Obviously, that is where our sermon title comes from. This passage shows two events happening at the same time. And the two events are happening around a lake uh, called the Lake Gennesaret. The Lake Gennesaret uh, is part of the Lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was a major water body in the land where Jesus Christ was born. So much of his ministry was around the Sea of Galilee. Most of the time when he went on a boat and there was a storm, it all happened on the Sea of Galilee. But the Sea of Galilee was so big that it covered many of the villages around. So normally uh, the portion of the Sea of Galilee that occurs around the village, the villagers will call it their lake. So although generally It is the Sea of Galilee. It is called the Lake Gennesaret here because it is near the village of Gennesaret. And because it is near the village of Gennesaret, it's called the Sea of Gennesaret. 
I try to take time to explain these things because sometimes people read little, little things in the Bible and they don't know why one time is Sea of Galilee and then other time is Lake Gennesaret and somebody may say, oh, there are contradictions in the Bible uh, just to give you a, a little heads up and a little background to that. So two events are happening in the, around the Lake Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee. They involve two people, Jesus and Peter. And I, I want you to pay attention to the two things that are happening. The first one is happening to Jesus. Jesus has just started his ministry. And as he starts his ministry, he's preaching and, and things are happening in his ministry. People are getting healed and so on. Uh, and so a crowd gathers around Jesus. So Jesus is facing a multitude Large numbers of people are gathered around him. That's normally a good thing. But there is a problem here. Because Jesus is by the lake of Gennesaret. So he's standing by the lake. And I want you to imagine that Jesus is standing on the shore. The lake is behind him. The crowd is in front of him. And they are pressing onto him. That word press means they are physically moving towards him. Physically, not spiritually. Physically. So if nothing happens, these guys are going to push Jesus into the water. So Jesus is standing there. He wants to preach to them. They're gathering and he has no space to preach to the people. So Jesus has a problem. He has a space problem. He's looking for space to preach. Normally, it's a good problem to have a space problem. Because growth will give you a space problem. When a church grows, it will face the challenge of space. Where do you put a congregation? Where do you put the children? Where do cars park? That's a problem you have to solve. Uh, if your family grows, you'll face a challenge of space. Rooms for children, rooms for property that is acquiring, uh, possessions that are accumulating. When a business is growing... It will face a challenge of space, office, warehouses, and so on and so forth. So that's the problem of Jesus Christ. He has a space problem. It's a good problem, but it's a problem. He has too many people and no space. So that's the first event around the Lake Gennesaret. Jesus, with a successful ministry, with multitudes and no space. At the same time as Jesus is dealing with this space problem, there is a gentleman there called Peter. He's also faced with something. Peter has gone out to fish and he's toiled all the night and caught zero. Zero fish. Nothing. So he has a problem of emptiness. Jesus has a problem of multitude. They have two different problems. One has more than he can, can contain and the other has nothing to contain. So Peter has nothing. Jesus has a lot. So Peter's problem is how do I deal with my failed project? I have worked and I haven't succeeded. I'm coping with a failed mission. So these are the two things playing out along the Sea of Gennesaret. One has more than he can contain. The other has nothing to contain. 
One has multitude pressing in on him, the other has an empty boat. Somehow, these two events are going to converge. The one who has abundance and the one who has nothing, there's going to be a meeting point. That's what the whole story is about. And when that meeting point change, uh, comes about, something changes. So what does Jesus do? Jesus goes to the man who has nothing and says, give me your boat. And he steps on that boat and preaches to the people. Jesus Christ did a very unusual thing. He used the instrument of Peter's failed mission to successfully carry out his divine mission. He used Peter's empty boat to reach out to the multitude. And what does that tell us? That God can take your zero and use it for something great. That in areas where you think you have failed and you've struggled and nothing is working, when Jesus walks into your situation, he takes your failed project and uses it for a greater purpose for his kingdom and for his glory. And that's what Jesus did. He took the failure of Peter and used it for success. So if you were Peter, you probably don't catch everything that is going on. For Jesus Christ, it's a great thing happening. He comes to this young man. And by the way, all the disciples of Jesus Christ were young people. Because you know, when you hear names like Peter, Simon Peter, you're thinking about somebody with a big beard. But Jesus was about 30 when he began his ministry. And almost everybody who followed him was below 30. So Peter probably was about in his mid-twenties, 24, 25, 26, somewhere there. He's not 60. You see him in movies, he looks like a 60-year-old. He's a young guy. All of them, Judas, everybody's a young guy because they are following a young man. So Jesus speaks to this young fisherman who seems like a failure already. You know, sometimes you start life and life hasn't gone far but you're already failing things are already not working for you and Jesus comes takes the thing that is not working and makes it work I came here to announce to somebody you may have an empty boat but there is one with a multitude and he can take that empty boat and reach the multitudes with it there is a place God wants to take you that you cannot go by yourself. And by the Holy Spirit, he will take that which is empty and use it for a divine purpose. Somebody is about to have a divine convergence. A divine convergence. A divine convergence. There is a meeting point between Jesus' multitudes and your empty boats. And that's what happened. Jesus takes what has failed. And uses it magnificently. And after he had done that, he told Peter the words of our sermon title, launch out. Everybody say launch out. Say one more time, say launch out. 
The Greek word, the Greek lemma, or the Greek root word for launch out is epanago. Epanago. So Jesus says, launch out. Everyone say launch out. Say it one more time. Say launch out. How many of you really believe you are launching out? How many of you believe this year, 2023, you are launching out? You are moving into something great and something mighty. Somebody say, I'm launching out. All right. What does it mean to launch out? Two things. First, it means to move away from something. To move away from. So usually when we are launching out from something, we move from one place. We move from a place where we are. We move from something we are familiar with. We move from something that holds us back. We move from something that has been our safe place. Moving from. So when he says, launch out, he says, you're going to move. You're going to move from some place. But launch out is not only about moving from. Launch out also is moving into. Moving into something. So when we launch out, we move away from something and we move further into something from one place you move away from another place you move into so jesus says to peter launch out launch out and when you read the passage uh in the Bible. I, I read the uh, New King James Version of the Bible. That's my English Bible. Uh, when you read from the New King James Version of the Bible, it will seem as if Jesus said, launch out only once. Because he said, launch out into the deep. It would mean, it seem as if he's, he used the word launch out only once. But he used the word launch out twice in the passage. The first time he used launch out is in verse 3. Verse 3. He says, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Now I want you to note if you're using the New King James Version, put out, put out. In the Greek, put out is epanago, epanago. The same that will be later used in verse 4, epanago. So in the English, it says put out, but Jesus used the same word. Only that in English, one says put out, the other says launch out, but he used the same word. The Greek is the same, launch out. Epanago. So we see there are two ways that we can launch out. One is from the land. You launch out from the land. But you stay close by. That's what we see in verse 3. And he asked him to put out a little from the land. A little from the land. He didn't tell him to go far. And there is a practical reason for that. The lake is behind Jesus. 
The people are in front of Jesus. Jesus needs space to preach to the people. So he says to Peter, move a little from the land. That's the, from the shore. Move a little from the shore. So he moves just a little so Jesus can sit. And it's very interesting how the Bible say, talks about his posture. He didn't stand in the boat. Because if you try standing in the boat, you may fall. He's a carpenter from Nazareth. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to fish. And, and, and so he sat. But he also sat because in his day, that's what the rabbis did. When a rabbi is going to teach, he sits. And once he sits, it means class is in session. I'm about to teach. And so you read many times in the New Testament, before Jesus will preach, he will sit down. Because it's a posture to say, it's now time to teach. Class is in session. So he moves the boat. Jesus sits down. But he doesn't move the boat far. Jesus says, launch out, but don't launch out too far. Launch out just a little from the land. And he sat there and taught. And then after he had finished teaching, he gave a second launch out instruction. And he said, launch out into the deep into the deep very interesting what does it mean into the deep means beyond the surface launch out into the deep the word deep there is what we would today call deep seas deep sea now anybody who knows about deep sea know that the deep sea is far from land and not only is it far from land, the deep sea is deep. That's why it's called deep sea, it's deep. Now, if you move far from the land, it's great. But if you don't have experience, you don't have a support system of the land, you can't call for help from the land, and when you fall, you'll go very far. Are you getting me? So there's two steps Jesus is talking about. If you're going to launch out in life, you don't start by launching out into the deep. You start by launching out a little from the land, and then after a time, you launch out into the deep. The problem with many people is that they have a vision, they have a dream, and they launch out first into the deep, and the deep swallows them. Have you heard about somebody who is launching a business? He's starting something new, a business, and, and he's invited the president, he's invited the, the vice president, he's invited the speaker of parliament, invited chief justice. He wants the whole of Ghana to appear at his business that nobody knows about. And then you ask him and he tells you, I've invited this one, I've invited them, I've written to them, I've written to them, I've done, 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 done. And then the day of the launch comes, nobody shows up. So they're heartbroken. And they're very disappointed. The problem is, they should first have launched out a little from the land before they launch out into the deep. The challenge for many people is they don't know how to launch a little from the land. They want to do the big thing 
at the first instance. The vision may be big, the dream may be big, the catch may be big, but you don't start by going to the deep. You start by launching a little from the land, and then afterwards, you listen for further instructions as to how to go into the deep. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebe. Email otebe at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.